Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The Secret Cabinet. Hello and welcome to The Secret Cabinet. This is Travis Dow, the humble translator. The original is created by Der Budler in German. And today we bring you another story that is, again, not generally in the history books. Today it's about the strange births of Mary Toft, Goldeming by Guildford in County Surrey, England. We write the year 1726, and more precisely, the 23rd of April. Just one week previously, Isaac Newton had just legendarily told his friend William Stuckley the anecdote with the falling apple, out of which came the idea for the theory of gravity. One week later, Voltaire is released from the Bastille, under the condition to go into exile for three years to England. And none of this is presumably known to the 25-year-old Mary Toft, who had a much more decisive experience on this day as she goes out to work in the field. A wild jackrabbit jumps at her, as unimportant as that might sound, therewith an unbelievable story would begin, one which would make her world famous. Seventeen weeks later, on the 27th of September, 1726, Mary Toft just went through a miscarriage. She let her husband call the midwife, since she had strong pains in her lower extremities. Under severe cramps, she did finally give birth, but not to a child but to a strange lump of flesh. Her husband Joshua, a cloth maker without means, seeked out on the following day the doctor and birth help, William Howard, near Guilford, to show him the strange thing. He was, of course, skeptic at first, but did finally let himself be convinced to a home visit. Apparently, it was just as hard back then to get an appointment as it is today. Hardly had he arrived in the Toft house, they showed him another creature, which Mary had given birth to in the night previous. Howard inspected it and declared that it was somewhat similar to cat intestines. And at the examination of the woman on the following day, he removed further small pieces of the, in quotes, creature from Mary's vagina. He treated it like a curiosity and didn't think much more of the case until he was called to the Tofts again at the end of October. 
under strong contractions, Mary gave birth to something that looked like the head of a rabbit. A few days later followed further parts, so that the monster puzzle now contained a rump, three clawed paws, different types of intestines, two spinal columns, and of course, the aforementioned rabbit's head. Howard was now convinced that indeed something strange was going on with Mary Toft and sent letters to learned doctors around London, in which he described the case. On the other hand, Howard decided to get to the bottom of this story himself, took Mary to his neighbor's house in Guildford in order to keep better watch of her, and finally, and he got a letter from a Swiss man who was now in the royal court and studied anatomy at St. Andre. But he was kind of a snake oil salesman, didn't really have any sort of academic education, and mostly owed his knowledge of foreign languages to his position. He arrived just in time for Mary's 15th rabbit birth in Guilford, who saw for himself as she gave birth to a creature without head, paws, or fur. He examined Mary's vagina, and when he didn't discover blood or other fluids, he came to the conclusion that the creature which she had given birth to couldn't have come from the womb, but must have come from somewhere else. The doctors also didn't have doubts with an autopsy of some of the stillborn monsters that Mary Toft birthed, even as they discovered undigested grass and even rabbit droppings. St. Andre traveled back to London to exhibit the medical wonder to King George I. With his next visit to Guildford, St. Andre brought the midwife and doctor Sir Richard Manningham, who was himself a witness on the 28th of November, 1726, as Mary Toft gave birth to pieces of flesh. Manningham was skeptical and looked at the piece with a critical eye. This here, gentlemen, is a piece of a pig's bladder, and there's no way that it comes from the womb of this woman. Howard and St. Andre could convince him to not publish his opinion as long as it wasn't proven to be fraud. They decided at the end of November to take Mary with them to London and there keep her under observation. In the meantime, the story of the woman that gave birth to rabbits spread through England and beyond. Monsters were in at that time. Her miscarriages were shown around at markets and society was happily ready for this type of gruesome entertainment, and they were ready to pay for it. Mary was kept in a public bathhouse, and surprise, surprise, the series of rabbit births suddenly stopped. Instead, Mary started to complain about heavy stomach aches, and as one could not determine any further pregnancy with her, her heart suddenly began to race, and even fainted now and then. And even though the births had ceased, St. Andrew wrote on the 3rd of September in his little journal with the title, A Short Narrative of an Extraordinary Delivery of Rabbits, he chalked up the cause for the whole event to this wild rabbit attack in 1726. This had emotionally burdened Mary so heavily that she had started to dream of rabbits, had an unstillable hunger for rabbit meat, which had finally resulted in the manifestation of rabbits in Mary's womb. At that time, this theory was, I guess, less strange. 
as it perhaps appears today, because one did believe that mental problems or extreme emotions with pregnant women could carry over onto the unborn children. And also other cases of miraculous animal births made the rounds at this time. But unfortunately, St. Andrew's book was published one day too early, because on the 4th of December, they caught a messenger of the bathhouse who attempted to smuggle in a dead little rabbit. Mary Toff deflected all of the accusations against her. She had just ordered the rabbit to eat. Even her sister, Anne, who accompanied her the whole time, confirmed this version and swore under oath that her sister Mary had in fact given birth to 17 rabbits. But none of that helped. A few days later, a further six men confessed out of the Toft's neighborhood to have brought Mary's husband Joshua dead rabbits. He had specifically asked for very small exemplars. After they had threatened to press charges against Mary, where one would have to, as evidence of her claim, do a very seriously painful operation on her, Mary eventually gave in and confessed to the fraud. After her miscarriage, she had gotten the idea through a monster that she would give birth to to get enough attention in order to get money. And to this end, she had put pieces of meat into her vagina herself. One after the other, she blamed a mysterious stranger, then the wife of a cooper, then Dr. John Howard, and finally her mother-in-laws of her accomplice. And if mothers-in-law generally seem to have a tough time at the secret cabinet, it could be that this time she was innocent. She was arrested and thrown in the London Bridewell prison, where she herself was exhibited against payment by the prison wards. But after a few months, they let her go, apparently because they were afraid that a court process would be an embarrassing scandal where many learned academics had fallen victim, and this would all just make it all bigger. After this, we kind of lose track of Mary for a few years, since most of the attention had kind of passed. Only the Duke of Richmond occasionally introduced her as a curiosity to his dinner society. Before 1540, Mary Toft crosses the law one more time for receiving stolen property and went to the prison of Guilford. Much more we don't know about her. Just the end of her life, the 21st of January, 1763, there was a short note in the Daily Advertiser Last week died at Goldelman in Surrey, Mary Toft, formerly noted for an imposition of breeding rabbits. The story of Mary Toft and her fraud was of course was of course a popular object of ridicule and fun. Poems, caricatures, and even theater plays were made about it. Voltaire mentions the case to make the point how strong the influence of the ignorant church is still with the Protestant British. Many of the caricatures aimed at the incompetency of the doctors of this 18th century, who apparently can finally unload their anger at the German influence of the British court, since the king from the House of Hanover had surrounded himself with German-speaking courtiers and academics. And as we mentioned, St. Andre is even from Switzerland, who had even tried to, through a public apology, to rehabilitate himself. But his reputation was ruined. He lost his position at court. 
and his patents and was forced to retire out of London. He died eventually completely without means in a house for the poor in Southampton. John Howard was accused, but the case was eventually thrown out so that he continued to practice his trade as a respected doctor in Guildford. Now, was Mary just a shameless con artist? The doctor and historian of medicine, Erwin J.O. Compagna believes that there's more to the case and diagnoses Mary with a psychological problem. He believes she has the so-called Münchhausen syndrome, where the patient pretends to have bodily complaints, like a hypochondriac, and therefore trying to get the attention of doctors. He doesn't rule out that it could have been Mary's and her accomplices just greed for some money. Either way, she does deserve our sympathy. Mary Toft, almost mother of 17 bunnies, or at least parts of them. And with that, I will close once again The Secret Cabinet. The Secret Cabinet is a member of the Agora Podcast Network. This month, the podcast of the month is Chris Stewart's History of China podcast. And The Secret Cabinet is a Dark Myths member. So go to agorapodcastnetwork.com, darkmyths.org, for some of the more stranger podcasts out there probably, where The Secret Cabinet is a good fit. And also, as always, podcastnick.com for my other shows. I'm Travis Dow. This show's by Dea Budla, and thanks for listening. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods, for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.